No. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. Damn. I'm sorry. It was I'm a not, thought and I blurted it out. I'm I did fine. not mean it that I'm way. Not, I'm fine. Clinton Yates joins us from the undefeated. How great is this? You get to cover the Field of Dreams game? It is very cool. Earlier on the show, actor and comedian James Davis. Pro Football Hall of Famer Alan Fanica. Coming up, WNBA champion Renee Montgomery. Host of the Fantasy Footballers podcast, Andy Holloway. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ben Lyons. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. You can be a part of the show, of course, by hitting us up at Rich Eisen Show, at I am Ben Lyons, 844-204-RICH. Just ask for Adam. Guys, I don't know if you've had this experience in your life working in this sports media game where you meet someone, you, you meet them instantly, and you're like, that's a star. Yeah, That person's a superstar. We've all had the privilege to get to work with some of those people. Sometimes working with people, you start to realize over time that they're a star. At first, I was like, oh, this guy's just the guy who's plugging in wires with a bad attitude. But after getting to know Mike Del Tufo, this <laughs> man is a star. It took some time, though. With I mean, Renee Montgomery, first time I met her, oh, my God, superstar. And now a year and a half later, she really is one. And she's kind enough to join our show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Renee, from... Carving time out of your 27-hour day. You're one of those people in my life who has three more hours, it seems, in their day than the rest of us. <laughs> no, thank you for having me, Ben. I really enjoyed that. That was one of my first ones, and you came out there swaggy with the sneakers, and I thought, okay, sneakerhead. So I, we felt the connection right away. Had the chance to host a show with Renee, uh, GM School, where aspiring front office executives for the NBA got put through a series of challenges, and Renee was one of the judges you got a chance to host a, a game show. I would imagine growing up playing basketball, you never thought game show host was going to be in the future. Now here you are as an owner of a basketball team. And what challenges are next? What dreams do you have next? I mean, it's amazing to think about the things you've been able to accomplish. Yeah, you know, there's some exciting things happening on my end, but I'm really excited about how I've been allowed to mix my business with philanthropy, you know, and just having different things where I'm doing things that I actually enjoy doing, uh, but it's, it benefits the community as well. So it's the Atlanta dream, you know, becoming an owner of, of a company and of the WNBA that I spent my whole life giving my blood, sweat, and tears to, well, you better believe that I'm going to take care of the brand. I'm going to have fun with it. So for me, there's, there's a lot of work, but it's also a lot of pleasure as well. What's the day-to-day uh, like for you on the dream? What are the aspects of the opportunity that you maybe didn't know were part of it going into it, but now that you, you've settled in for some time that you really enjoy? You know, the day-to-day, it, it changes every day. Um, in the sports world, things are moving so fast, so that's what I enjoy. You know, whether it's, you know, I work with Suzanne A. Bear and Larry, and they're both lawyer backgrounds, so it has a lot of long emails that I'm reading. They they are so good at business that I'm trying to sponge it all. I mean, with Northland, they're running a billion-dollar business and doing it well, so I want to take in everything I can, and it's also just a pleasure to – you know, hop on random quick calls if there's an emergency or we work through things well. But the things that I cover with the Atlanta Dream mostly are marketing and the community aspect. Renee Montgomery, two-time WNBA champion, future Dancing with the Stars champion and co-owner of the Atlanta Dream joining the show. Uh, TJ and I have been loving watching Stewie play the last few weeks as I've been here on the Rich Eisen show. She balled out 
over in the Olympics. And then last night wins the Commissioner's Cup. University of Connecticut, I know you've had your eye on her for a long time. What's it like, first of all, not to have to play against Stewie anymore, but also <laughs> just to watch her hoop in this summer? She's been incredible, I think. Stewie has been elite, like to say the least. And I always love to see that, you know, she had that Achilles injury, and that's a monster. You know, that's a monster rehab that's uh, very tough to come back from. But she came back, if it's even possible, she came back almost better than before the injury. So, you know, she's a UConn Husky grad, and we bleed blue over here. But I always love see- seeing athletes have that comeback. And for her to play like she did coming off of the Olympics, jet lag where I mean it's just unbelievable so I mean I wish nothing but the best for her as I mean what else can she do at this point what a great way to kick off the second half of the WNBA season with the commissioner's cup last night they had to take the Olympic break but now we've got a few more regular season games before the playoffs it really does Renee feel like W and the WNBA and women's basketball in general is having a great moment long overdue a lot of household names now icons in the sport what are you most for looking forward to in this second half of the season? And just talk to me a little bit about the state of women's basketball. You know, well, you know, I'm looking forward to being, I'm biased, so I'm looking forward to, to the Atlanta dream, you know, just seeing the practices and seeing how the players have been gelling and just the chemistry that's being built. I'm looking forward to us having some sort of second half run and then just the the playoff run. It's It's fun in the WNBA, just like, in all other sports, it's going to come down to the last games and teams are going to be battling out in the end. So I'm excited for that. And just the future of the WNBA is very bright. And when you look at the, the young stars in the WNBA, when you look at the people that are attaching themselves, the brands that are starting to get eyes on the WNBA, everyone can tell the trajectory. And so for me, as a player that when I came in, it was always scary if we would have a season the next year or not. You know, there was always talks of folding and how stable is the WNBA. Well, that's long gone now. It's a very stable league with a bright future. Renee, we joke on this show often that the celebrity who makes sense in every single room is Snoop Dogg. If you see Snoop sitting courtside at a WNBA game, yeah, Snoop loves hoops. There he is. If you see him at the High Times Awards, Kids' Choice Awards, doesn't matter. Snoop makes sense in the room. You are climbing up that list, Renee. You are climbing up the make sense in the room list because you have so many interests and passions outside of basketball. Let's talk NFTs. You launched an NFT series with the Heartland Group. How did that whole thing come together? You know, that was... That was a part of me. Basically, Heartland Group produced my podcast, Remotely Renee, when it first came out. And so I already had that connection made with them. I already knew their creativity was off the charts. So I told them my ideas, you know, and we were very specific. We were like, you know, we want it to be a hologram. We want it to be this. And they brought every single idea to life. So it, it was really exciting. I made my NFTs, my starting five, about five big moments in my career, whether it's when I retired whether it was when I broke the WNBA record for threes and a half, just big moments in my career. I made five of them, and, you know, they're on open sea right now. And it's exciting because the NFT crypto world is exploding, and I hope that people support the women's side like they do the men's side because I've seen the numbers over there. So I'm hoping that some people start bidding on my NFTs because we really put some time and energy into them. Makes sense in the world of NFTs, and you make sense in the world of gaming. I know you're up late nights <laughs> twitching and playing games, and we were just talking about old Nintendo games. You have to blow on the cartridge. Gone are the days of that with gaming, but talk to me about your gaming career and what you love about video games as a grown woman, by the way. 
Yeah, as a grown woman, let me blow your mind. The thing I love most about video games is that my 13-year-old son who is into gaming will think it's cool, the doper things I'm in. So I want to be that cool mom that is like in the Fortnite game that my son is playing, and then he's killing it in his Fortnite game, and I'm popping up on the screen. That's goals for me. So those are the kind of things that get me excited. I also am really into tech, so gaming goes hand-in-hand with tech that world but i have a child that loves gaming so you know you kind of tend to veer towards what your family's into and i know you come from a family that loves sports so to see you now broadcasting games they must get a real kick out of that you're out there doing summer league you're doing atlanta hawks games what is it that you enjoy about broadcasting and how do you connect to the game or approach the game a little different than as a player or an owner or all these other ways you've been involved I would just like to say right now, Ben, you're killing it as a guest host. Um, I'm seeing tweets of people tweeting about when are you going to guest host next. So whoever's listening to this right now, y'all got to have Ben back. But, yeah, for me, it's just staying connected to the game. You know, it's staying connected to a sport that I grew up loving. Like, I loved it since I was young. So when people hear me call the games and they talk about my energy and my excitement, that's real. I really am excited and have energy for watching whatever game it is because if it's sports, then I'm excited about it. I love competitiveness, and I love the game of basketball. So it's just really been a treat to be here in Summer League where you see some hungry players. You see players that are trying to make an NBA roster, trying to change their lives. And so we saw technicals. We've seen people get thrown out. We saw bloody ears, bloody eyes, and people are going for it. So for me, that's fun. I like to see basketball. I'm a basketball purist, so I love to see people go at it. Renee, I love watching you on the broadcast. I really appreciate you calling in, making our show better today. And what's so great about Renee, and Brockman, you'll appreciate this as a degenerate gambler. Absolutely. <laughs> Renee pays off on her bets oh, in like that? a real way. And I just want to say thank you, Renee, because the chosen family Chardonnay you sent me when the Knicks beat the Hawks in December was delicious. And I also... You know what? This is like, this is a great example of sometimes you lose the battle, but you win the war because we we did lose that game to New York and I had to send you that bottle of wine. But we know what happened in the... In the conference semis, so I'll take a wine to, to advancing in the next round, my friend. I know. I was just about to say, I also thank you as a friend for not wanting to make a playoff bet. So thank you for that. <laughs> I really I really do appreciate no, it. Listen, I don't, I'm not going to get in the habit of making bets. That was like my last one. I realized that very quickly, so I should thank you for that because – If I start messing around and betting all my friends on each team we play, I'll be broke. I'm not doing that. So you taught me a valuable lesson. I lost my first one, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, and especially with those uh, shipping and handling uh, charges from Channing Fry and Kevin Love up there in Oregon. we got to get the the, the shipping and handling down on the chosen family, Renee. Listen, I'm never going to be mad at what people charge to get their products out and get their products right. So – I'll pay it. If you want it, you got to pay it. Well, I appreciate you uh, you sending that my way. It paired nicely with a grilled fish. Uh, it was delicious. Yes, <laughs> no problem. And, yo, Kelsey Trainer told me to say what up to her guy, TJ Jefferson. So what up, TJ? <laughs> what up, Renee? I was going to say the same thing to you about Kelsey, but I just had a quick question for you, Renee. Um, the women of the WNBA are always at the forefront whenever there's a wrong that needs to be righted, right? And I appreciate and, you know, really enjoy that fact that you women are always first up 
pounding the table for whatever wrong needs to be righted. How important is that for you and for the rest of the women in the WNBA to always kind of take that lead whenever something needs to be changed? Uh, it's very important. I think that the, the women of the WNBA understand their platform, you know, and, and sometimes it's not on athletes to have to speak out, but when athletes understand their platform and want to speak out, it's very powerful, and you can see it. You can see what happened in 2020. You can see what the Atlanta Dream players did in 2020. You can just see what happens when athletes collectively collectively come together and use their platform to speak on things that are they're passionate about. And so that's why I'm proud to be a part of the WNBA. I tell people all the time it's a sisterhood. And even though I'm now in the ownership group, I'm still part of that sisterhood. You can't tell me I'm not still part of the (laughs) the squad. So I'm excited just to see, you know, where this takes us because now companies, the world are starting to understand that, yeah, there's things that are important in their sports, but there's mental health there's social justice, there's different things as well as sports, and the world is catching up to that. The WNBA has been leading that charge since at least 2016, so I'm happy to see the progress coming on now. Renee Montgomery joins us, the two-time WNBA champion, owner of the Atlanta Dream. She got the NFT drop with Heartland Entertainment. She's on the Atlanta Hawks pregame, postgame. I'm running out of like accolades here. I mean, this is ridiculous, Renee. The the resume. Call me a Ben Lyons. Don't forget the dopest line. Come on now. <laughs> Twenty seven hour day. I'm telling you, that's what she's living. Also, Ben, I don't know that the Rich Eisen show has an official WNBA team. I mean, we're fans of them all, but you know, if oh, Renee it's wants, we we that could. Ain't but a thing. It was all a dream. I used to read a magazine, Renee, and I got a lot of room over behind my desk to put, you know, tchotchkes and, you know, all types of Atlanta dream stuff. If I were to receive some, I'm just putting it out there. Okay, I got to get the address. I got to get the address. We got to send you a little something to put up there. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of real estate back here, Renee. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I mean, we like hoodies and show. I mean, we'll take gear or whatever. (laughs) Renee, their allegiance is up for sale, but you know who I'm rolling with, Renee. You don't even have to ask, do you? Say less. Thanks, fellas. Renee Renee. Montgomery joining the show. I'm a Sparks Sparks fan. I root for the dream. I want to see them do well. But, you know, I'm a Sparks guy. (laughs) Sparks guy until I die. (laughs) Shouts out to Renee Montgomery. Uh, Such a legend. I mean, think about this. You play in the WNBA. You win two championships. And now you are a part owner of the team. Like, you're part of the team you played for. That is just really, really cool. And she is someone in my life who I have great respect for and admire. And her NFT drop is super dope. She's just on it. One of those people living a 27-hour And, of course, the Lost Boys song, Renee, just kept running through my mind that whole. what? One of the great (laughs) songs of all time. Right? L-O-S-T. You know that song, right, Brockman? That love letter about Renee? No. (laughs) Oh, man. You don't know Renee? We have so much to educate Brockman on. We're going to do it during the break. Ben Lyons in for Rich. I'm away home from Talking Lost Boys. Shouts out to Freaky Ta. Rest in peace. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Andy Holloway joining us next. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed I uh, believe you are a fantasy football player. Is that a true story, Jody Foster? I am. I did not play last year because of the present administration. Mm-hmm. Was you know I had to be on the top of that, and the, you can't get all those alerts all at once. So it was just too much for me. Too many badges on your phone. Yes, too many alerts exactly. on your phone. I had to choose. But, I don't know. I think next year. I think this year I'm going to choose fantasy for sure. Well, I mean, it's an escape, though, right? I mean, when you I say I would not call it a mistake, no. an escape. I would call it a a you know, a hyper-focused art form. Interesting. Yeah. Fantasy football is a yeah. hyper-focused art form. If you're going to do form. it, you want to win. Okay. Have you have you been so fortunate to win a fantasy I league? I second. Who are you in a fantasy league with? A bunch of 16-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who else? Like, like a random league? Yeah. And I, and I have to say, I do enjoy None of them will trash talk with me because, you know, you can do that thing where you sort of type in, like, you're going down. or Right. And nobody will do that. They're just very polite. 16-year-olds being polite <laughs> in a fantasy. That, yeah. Now that, so what's your team name? What was your fantasy team name? Your I can't tell you. Why I'd not? have to kill you if I told you. And plus, I don't even remember. <laughs> okay, because I would love to know. I mean, because that's most of the fun that we thought. That, is it? You know, that's most of the fun? It kind of is. Okay. Yeah. So, but you finished in second. I did come in second. Do I you did. recall who was on your, on your team? Well, I... I got seriously burned by Todd Gurley. It was his first, you know, season with the Rams. Like he, he just he disappointed me yes. pretty severely. Uh, that okay. was a bad year to be holding Todd Gurley See, the entire now, time. Do you have a you, a real football team that you love? Yes. Okay. I love the Green Bay Packers. How'd that uh, come about, Jody? Somebody gave me a cheese head, and it was all over. That's it. Yeah, that's all it took. <laughs> Who was it? Was it De Niro? Was it De Niro? <laughs> De Niro give you a cheese head? Who gave you no, the cheese head? No, I have a friend head? of mine who has like an in with them. So it was not just a cheese head, but it was a cheese head everything. So okay. there was like a cheese mug and there was a cheese ring and there was a cheese headband. And, okay. So you got yeah. into that. A cheese like dog dog outfits. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to Lambeau Field? Have you ever been I there? I never have. It's unbelievable. That's what I've heard. Because it's it, you're heard. just in there. And it's a Midwest town and yeah. you're driving down a road and there's a gas station. There's a Kmart. There is Aww, the there is the great. there is the cathedral 
well, of football where Lombardi can, used to play. And, I can dream. I can dream. If I do well, you know, if I do pretty well in fantasy, maybe I'll have Maybe you can, you can I do did, such I a thing. I had, you know, I've decided I discovered Devontae Adams. So, because <laughs> I had him the whole year. So He's when my, the, my guy. So, I call him my man, Devontae. Does he know that? You he are? doesn't know that. Maybe he'll know it now. Okay. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Appreciate you guys rocking out with us these last few weeks. You know, Rich has really been on one. He had Tokyo Gold. He was out in Canton, Ohio, getting ready for another football season and had COVID. And is feeling good, feeling rested, healthy. Going to be back on Monday. But one of the great joys of my life has been filling in on this show the the last few weeks. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, been dope, You guys have been great. Rich has been awesome. And... uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to look back on the Milwaukee Phoenix NBA Finals <laughs> with a big smile on my face and a special place right, in my man. heart. And not just because Bobby Portis is an NBA champion. <laughs> but that might be a big he reason He was with why. the Knicks for like a, less than a year. Once a Nick, always a Nick. <laughs> ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. You know, I was part of the Gentleman's League. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Gentleman's League, a legendary fantasy football oh. league. Here in Hollywood, Jerry Ferrara, Max Greenfield. It was uh, a TV show on. Yeah, I remember watching Direct that. TV or yeah. Yahoo or something. It was on Audience Network. Yes, on Audience. Yeah. They would film our fantasy football league, and Max would go run the forty-yard dash against Lashawn McCoy, or he would field punts in the driveway of uh, you know Dustin uh, Devin Hester's house. It was a wild show, but it let me know that there are a lot of Hollywood people who play fantasy football in a real way. I mean, Jody Foster, deep into fantasy football. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, deep on the QB depth chart with fantasy football. Remember the 723 Club, TJ, shout out. Yeah. 723 Club. July 23rd, birthday. So a lot of uh, of Hollywood folks out here are are into fantasy football, but nobody in Hollywood more into fantasy football than Andy Holloway, one of the most Hollywood guys we know from the Footballers podcast. It's great to have you on, man. Hey Ben, appreciate you having me on. I was uh, I was all ready to talk fantasy with you. I'm in a good mood, and then you brought up the Milwaukee Bucks beating my sons again, and I'm, oh, I'm no. a little flustered now. <laughs> yeah, sons and four guy. It's called karma. Oh. That's what happened to you, Andy. Uh, <laughs> let's talk some fantasy football, though, shall we? Who's the number one pick in fantasy this year? It's Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. I think we're pretty sure of that this year. Feeling comfortable with him at number one. I mean, uh, limited season last year, but. He's like two players in one, so um, I don't think you're going to regret going him number one. We had uh, some questions here in the studio. Perhaps Dalvin Cook in the mix, maybe Derrick Henry. Is there any idea that makes sense to go off of Christian McCaffrey at number one? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, Dalvin Cook has been so darn reliable, and he he represents that same type of value and and multi-threat that Christian McCaffrey does, so... If you want to, if you want to head that direction, it makes sense. Henry is Henry's tough because I mean you go up over two thousand yards, but he's he's getting older and he does not contribute in the passing game the way that McCaffrey and Cook does, and that's just like cheat code for fantasy football. Andy Holloway joining the show, host of the Fantasy Footballers podcast. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. This time of year when you're watching preseason as a fantasy footballer, are you taking anything from these games that you can apply to the season? What are you looking for in the preseason as a fan? Yeah, that's a good question because the more media coverage we get of all this stuff, the more 
insane levels of hype and coach speak and extrapolation of of what you see on three plays happens and then Twitter gets a buzz and I, I even saw I think training camp stats like stat lines from Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance this past week. So um something to tweet about I guess. I think I think the best thing to do is just try to uh not overemphasize one play or another play, but you know, last night's game, one of the things that was interesting to me was like Antonio Gibson. Everybody loves Antonio Gibson in fantasy football, but he didn't take a third down snap with the first team. You know, JD McKissick was still out there. So I think you just try to pay a little bit of attention to some of those subtle things where can I get a gauge on what this offense is looking to do? And um, try not to overreact. You know, if a coach does something bad, it's probably better to pay attention to that than something good because they all say something good about their players in training camp um, and try to weed through it a little bit. Andy, it feels like this summer was the coronation of TB12 as the GOAT. There might have been some debates (laughs) before he won the Super Bowl down in Tampa, but now everybody just knows Tom Brady's the GOAT. It's just synonymous. And it doesn't necessarily apply, however, to fantasy football. What are the expectations this season of Tom Brady fantasy quarterback? Well, I think he, ironically, I think he's probably the single best pick at the quarterback position that a fantasy player can make because you don't have to invest a huge, you know, high draft pick on him. He's an eighth round pick right now in fantasy drafts, whereas you have to spend a second on Mahomes or a fourth on Kyler or you, you pay up for Josh Allen, and here's Tom Brady who's just like, his value's like suppressed because he's 44 years old. He's so old. I think he came off the, the Super Bowl year, and all of a sudden he represents a great value in fantasy drafts, and he ends up on like tons of our teams here in the studio. Yeah, he had 50 touchdowns, including the playoffs last year. It's kind of crazy. When you look at that top tier for quarterbacks, like, Aaron Rodgers in my league, I think, went in the twelfth round last year. That's not going to happen this year, obviously. But who are, who is a quarterback that you could kind of wait on and still get incredible value, other than Tom Brady? Yeah, I, I think another name to bring up that's going even later than Brady is Ryan Tannehill. Like for whatever reason, the stink of Adam Gaze has like permeated through multiple years of you know Tannehill actually producing for fantasy and. You add Julio Jones to the mix in Tennessee in that play-action passing game, and you can steal Tannehill at the back of drafts. Nobody wants him on their team for some reason, but year after year in Tennessee, he's produced. Andy Holloway joins the show, the Fantasy Footballers podcast. Let's, let's talk some receivers for a second. Some of the high-profile guys I find can be a real risk when you're talking fantasy because if they get double covered, if they get taken out of the game, they're not going to have those huge stat lines. Who are some secondary receivers you think might emerge, might pop, that you have to be aware of as you're constructing your team? Yeah, that's definitely a challenge because, you know, when you're looking at the wide receiver position, the best thing you can do is just look at volume. You can't guarantee a guy's going to have a you know, a double-digit touchdown season outside of maybe, you know, Devontae Adams is in that mix every year, Tyreek Hill's in that mix. But, you know, you had a player like Adam Thielen last year who didn't have the volume he had in years past, ends up with double-digit touchdowns, but that could come down because that's such an unpredictable and not sticky stat. I'd be looking, you know, when you look at secondary options, I get made fun of on this show all the time for bringing the name up. 
But like AJ Green is somebody I'm actually <laughs> paying attention to in fantasy football this year because you're on a prolific offense in Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, gets double covered and he's been the the target hog there. And here's AJ Green in this top five offense. It's just going to be out there now. Injury that's been a problem for him. If you want to avoid him, I get it, but. I'm I'm glancing AJ Green's way as kind of a sneaky, really late round pickup. Yeah, Andy, I thought we weren't supposed to ask you about AJ uh, you Green know, if I was reading I'm Twitter work properly. Him in. That's my agenda. Yeah, I'm I'm working him in. Andy Holloway joining the show, <laughs> bending for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. Oftentimes, you have to remember that even if a team is really bad, there could be some really good fantasy players on that team. So which team that we are expecting to have a poor season might actually have some good fantasy players on that team? Oh, man. Yeah, that can be, that can be troubling. There's such a difference between the fantasy value and the, uh, the NFL value on the field. I think you just want to look at teams that are going to give a high amount of volume to a certain player. Like last year, one of the players that was on a huge amount of league-winning teams – was actually James Robinson on Jacksonville, a team that won one game. And it was because they handed him the ball so many times over the course of the season. So, you know, while I'm not staring down the Jets right now as a team that's going to offer you a bunch of fantasy value coming out of the gate, but, you know, a team like the Giants, who might not be expected to be at the very tippy top of uh, the division, the NFC East, you know, you still have to factor in Saquon Barkley there, and if they give him the volume that you would hope for. Um, you know, you look at Atlanta. Like, Atlanta was at the basement of the NFC South, but the passing volume for Matt Ryan has been so consistent. So do you look at a player like, you know, Russell Gage stepping into the the target vacuum that Julio Jones has left, and, and you might find some value there. So, you know, Carolina is another team that's going to be interesting, changing quarterback and um, you know, bringing in uh, some some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, you're looking for volume at that point as uh, when you don't have the wins. And Andy, just reading Twitter, is Brian Edwards really Terrell Owens and Randy Moss? Like, what is going on there? Can I spend a eighth round pick on this guy? If if there was a fantasy league that ran through training camp, I think he'd be on all the like championship teams. <laughs> I mean, that. it's incredible. <laughs> He gets high. I mean, he he dominated the hype last off season. So, and what do you have? Like fifteen catches during the regular yeah, season. So, no, I'm not. I'm not buying. You know, we have a segment on the on the podcast where we say, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. That's all smoke to me in Oakland or in Las Vegas. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to wait and see see if he can do it during the regular season. Andy, we're talking about teams that are probably going to be terrible. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys come to mind, T.J. Jefferson's team. Any star players on that team might uh, might have a fantasy breakout season? What? what, what yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you just need Dak to play football, right? I mean, last year it was an incredible start to that season for him and for the, the passing offense and all the weapons are there. And, like, all of that hope gets deleted if Dak's not out there on the field. So... Um, I think CeeDee Lamb has a monster year if Dak is back. I think Zeke bounces back to be an elite um, top-tier running back. But kind of important that Dak finds his way out on onto the field. Andy Holloway joining the show, the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Appreciate you taking some time this time of year. One last bit of advice for people as they're planning their drafts, they're 
staying up all night, doing mock drafts till the sun comes up. What's one last piece of advice for fantasy football teaming, uh, team building? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that first bit of advice would have been to wait on quarterbacks. So that's like a general principle. But, I mean, having a plan is always good. Like everybody thinks that it's going to go according to those mock drafts and everybody's going to – you know, follow the uh, the consensus, but it never works that way. So trying to put yourself into the best position to not tilt on draft day is probably a good idea. And being, you know, I hear a lot of fantasy players that they ask us the question, hey, do I go running back, running back, wide receiver? And we're always saying, you know, stay watered. Like, you can't lock yourself into drafting a certain position at a certain spot or you're not going to you know, you're going to be tilting from that point forward when your guy's not there. So have a plan, take a deep breath, and, um, you know, have have fun. I mean, and don't draft players that you're not going to enjoy rooting for either. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we're here to have fun. That's what fantasy football is all about. Andy, hey, this is TJ here. I just had a quick question for you. Um, you know, three-time fantasy football champion here, I guess <laughs> I should. This is the proper way to introduce wow. myself Big in the in 21-year-old league here, Andy. But normally I've been very good, especially lately, at picking the right rookie running back. It started with Zeke, Kareem Hunt, Jonathan Taylor. I got all those guys the rookie years, and they all did very well for me. Um, got a few guys in mind, but tell me, who, what rookie are you looking at that you think that he's going to be the guy this year? Man, that's a that's such a good question. We've done a lot of uh, of deep diving on that topic and paid a lot of attention to like the second and third round running backs. When they get on the field, they generally outproduce the incumbent. So I, the the name that comes to mind is Javante Williams in Denver because over the last what like five or six years, it's like a seventy five percent hit rate where that guy outperforms the incumbent with Melvin Gordon there. So. Um, you know, some of the big seasons have happened due to injury. I, I remember Spencer Ware going out in Kansas City. That's what gave Kareem Hunt that big, you know, the big upside that season. But, yeah, I, I think I'd look Javante's way. And then I might look Trey Sermon's way late in drafts where you know that Kyle Shanahan's going to run the football and he's going to succeed doing it. And, you know, Raheem Mostert is there, but Trey Sermon may, may be uh, waiting in the wings. Good looking out. Andy, we appreciate the time. Good luck in all of your drafts. And I know these guys will be checking in with you throughout the the season. Yeah, sounds good, Ben. Thanks for having me on. And uh, good luck in your your drafts as well. Andy Holloway. Let's go. It's that time of year. Fantasy football, the Fantasy Footballers podcast. Andy, clearly an expert on fantasy football. So we switch gears now on the Rich Eisen show to bring someone on who knows nothing about fantasy football. It's my dad, Jeffrey Lyons. The hey, dad. Thanks for checking hey. in. Hey. How are you, big guy? Mike, line two. Line oh, two, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> He's just talking. Like, Del Tufo got nervous. You got so Del Tufo. No, yeah, I, I thought he was calling in on one of the guest lines. He's How you doing, dad? Thanks for, thanks for checking in. He got the it's bat a, line. You know, I trained with the Giants for three seasons, so I know what it's like. I was a field goal kicker, which your grandfather arranged me to train with them. And it's a, it's a tough time for people down in the draft to impress a coach when there are 60 guys on the field, you know. So I feel for those guys, particularly in this kind of weather. You must have been in heaven last night, even though you're watching the Yankees, to see the Field of Dreams game come to life. I know how much that movie means to you. What were your thoughts on the game last night in the corn? Well, you know, I sat next to James Earl Jones, who I, who, who I know, uh, at the critic screening. Most stars don't go to critic screenings. And he doesn't know anything about baseball. 
yet he's been in so many baseball movies and narrated them. And before the movie started, he turned to me and he said, you know, baseball is zen. Well, I didn't know what that meant. And then I saw the movie and I was in tears. And I looked at him and he, he had a big grin on his face. You know, I, apparently I looked it up and zen is a Japanese way of meditation. And uh, it, it just really got to me. It's my favorite film of the 80s. It's not a baseball movie. It's about fathers and sons. And the actor who played... Uh, Kinsella's father, who played Kevin Costner's father, had just lost his own father in real life a few weeks before. And it just brought me back to having a catch with my father, and I'm glad we, you and I have those memories. And it was a great, it, it came off very well. You and I were in London to see the Red Sox lose two to the Yankees, but it was baseball in Europe, and this was another thing that's happening, and they're going to do, be doing it every year now, which I think is a great idea. I don't know how you get to that part in Iowa. Uh, I don't know how you get there, but uh, they did it. Jeffrey Lyons joining the Rich Eisen Show, a real P1. I was talking about those listeners, the loyal listeners you have here for the Rich Eisen Show. The big guy's been listening to every episode the last few weeks. (laughs) We appreciate it. Jeffrey, uh, this is Brockman here, fellow uh, New Englander and Red Sox fan. The most important part of last night's game, though, Jeffrey, was... The Yankees lost. So yeah, well, I'm a I'm a New Yorker. I'm born and bred in New York, and that makes me even more diehard and ridiculous being a Red Sox fan. But uh, <laughs> makes me more insane than you, Brockman, who grew up in New England. That makes sense. Me growing up in Manhattan and skipping my high school, uh, my son's high school graduation because Pedro was pitching. That makes That's me right. insane. <laughs> first things first. Yeah, Pedro you know, is important. In, in the 17th century, there was a Swiss philosopher named Blaise Pascal, no relation to Camilo Pascual, the old starter for the Minnesota Twins, who said the heart has reasons that reason itself knows nothing about. Why did I marry a girl from Chicago? Aren't there a lot of beautiful, wonderful girls in New York? Yeah, but it's your, you can't explain love. <laughs> back, back, big facts, Jeffrey Lyons. Do you have a question? Or you, you just, you just, no, I was just <laughs> pointing out to him that the most important part of last night's game was not the pageantry and the beauty. It was that the Yankees lost. Yes, it was how it how it happened. I right. mean, baseball. When you when you explain baseball to a European, and you say if if your team, if Real Madrid is beating Barcelona eight nil, as they say, and there are two minutes to go, and the game's over. In baseball, it's over when it's over. And I thought it was an amazing example of why baseball is my favorite sport. There's no clock, and you can always win. It's most it's highly unlikely. But that win last night was astonishing. Yeah, and yes, as a Red Sox fan, even though they're on the downside right now, that was big for the Red Sox, too. So it was just sensational. Jeffrey Lyons taking over the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> ben Lyons in for Rich on now with the big guy. Uh, Mike Del Tufo says there are no great movie, uh, no great sports moments in the 1980s. There were none really for <laughs> Red Sox fans. Describe to our audience what it was like to be living in New York, from New York, on television in New York as a Red Sox fan during the 1980s? Well, first of all, to go back a little bit, I, had, I, had, I drew the assignment to greet the Yankees coming home in 1978, that horrifying year when the Red Sox blew a 14-game lead, 14-and-a-half game lead in August, and I had to greet the Yankees at the airport, and some of them recognized me apparently and started giving it to me, and I deserved it, I guess. But wait a minute, the, uh, the, the home run by Dave Henderson to win the American League pennant uh, a couple of games later uh, was one of the great moments of the 80s for Red Sox fans. Not many, but the World Series was great until disaster struck. But uh, you put those behind you, and they're the only team to win four world championships this century. That's, I, I look at those. I have a picture of me holding three of the, uh, or three of the statues. And I, at, at dire moments like this, when they need to make up so much ground, I think of those good times, too. 
Were you ever scared for your safety, though, riding the train to the Bronx when entire subway cars were chanting, Lion sucks, Lion sucks, because I was terrified. Well, I I appreciate it. No, not really. It was all all in good fun, I guess. Uh, Although a friend of ours uh, got socked in the face uh, at the Yankee Stadium for wearing a Red Sox hat. But I've worn my Red Sox hat running with the Bulls in Pamplona six times, uh, going up the Nile, explaining to the captain of the boat what, uh, you know, what, what Red Sox nation is. You, you wear it everywhere. I wore, I wore a Red Sox pin on my tuxedo to three Academy Awards. If, you know, you wear it. And people walk up to me on the street in New York and they say, hey, go Red Sox. So I say, where's your pin? I've got to share the abuse. Come on, wear, wear something. Hey, Mr. Jeff, this is TJ here. And first of all, I want to say congratulations. You raised a very fine young man. TJ. Been having a great time with him. Thanks, man. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. So many things I'd want to ask you, uh, and I'm not going to bring up the 86 World Series as a Mets fan, but I will say this to you. Is there any movie, and I'm sure there has to be one, where you watched and you were like, you just panned it. You gave it six thumbs down. You hated it. And then uh, on, not with thumbs. You can't judge art with thumbs. Those are my competitors. I regretted the review. Is that, is that what your other question? Yeah, so, but then you went back after you, you published your review and you went back and watched the game and was like, hmm, maybe I was, I was wrong I'll about this. I'll tell you what, one. there is one. Um, Woody Allen, who I like, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not explaining any of the Michigas nonsense in his life, uh, came to my father's funeral. I can't forget that. Woody Allen uh, made a movie called The Front about the blacklisting, and there were some very funny moments in it, and I didn't think there was, that really happened. And I did the research I should have done beforehand, and I realized there was a lot of gallows humor when these great screenwriters had to use uh, uh, synonym, uh, pseudonyms uh, to, to, to work, and Woody captured that. So I did, an, I did an, almost an apology uh, review of it later, and he thanked me. So that's the only time. It doesn't mean I'm, I, it can't happen again. And your taste changed, too, because Ben's going to tell me I'm on, I'm on the VHS box for Juana Man uh, <laughs> for a quote. So he can have that quote. That's right. You know, but he also likes movies that I don't like. It, it all depends. But it, it, art is such a flexible thing that you, 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 you can't be absolute in anything. And, and, and every, nowadays, especially, everybody's a critic. So uh, I'm just concerned now, now that I'm seeing a lot of movies online, about how the Red Sox are going to fit uh, Schwarberg in their lineup and why Verdugo is taking a five, four or five-day paternity leave when you're <laughs> supposed to take a three-day paternity leave. Come on, get back in the lineup. First things first, you know? I really feel like That's you and Chris Brockman should be best friends. That's a dad's fandom <laughs> as a Red Sox fan. Put the baby down and get back in the lineup. <laughs> Come on, Dad. You should have gotten rid of Brock Holt who threw the slowest pitch in baseball history the other day for a strike, a 31-mile-an-hour pitch, an arc EFAS pitch for a strike, 31 miles an hour. And, and the guy, it was, it was like Ted Williams had that thrown at him in an all-star game, and he had asked another player, I think Rudy York, he asked him, how should I face this guy who's going to throw me an EFAS pitch? And he told him, and the second pitch that the, that the pitcher threw wound up in the Red Sox bull, uh, in, in the bullpen. So there is a way to hit those guys. These things play, I, I go over lineups when I'm trying to go to sleep. I go over old lineups to see, what, see how they can improve. And you have no idea. Ben has an idea of the obsession, but you guys don't. Oh, Maybe no, he's, he's been filling us in. I've got a new book out called The Boston Red Sox All-Time uh, All-Stars, which picks every player at every position and the greatest of all time and honorable mentions. And, and also a chapter on players who didn't know wore the Red Sox uniform on their way to Cooperstown. And the Red Sox are the only team to have two players to get three hits in one inning. That's a record that will never be broken. Only team to have two guys nicknamed the Hawk. Can you name them? 
Ben, can you name the two Ken guys? Ken Harrelson is one. Yeah. Ken no, Harrelson is Andre, one. And ben, Andre Dawson. You saw the other guy named the Hawk. Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson. Yeah. You saw him throw out a guy, not as a Red Sox, but he threw a guy out at the plate, a guy named Caccini, I think, who, who played up in a borrowed uniform. So there are all sorts of quirks with the team. They were also the last team to integrate, too, because their owner was racist. They tried out two young players named Jackie Robinson and Willie Mays, and I think Roberto Clemente, and their racist management said, uh, get them off the field. Yeah, Can you imagine having those worse. three on your team? So that's, you know, love is not perfect, but uh, those people are long gone, thank goodness. Jeffrey Lyons on the Rich Eisen Show, the first Michigas on the, on the Rich Eisen <laughs> right. Show in show history, I believe. Well, Rich, 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 says, Rich says it all the time. Oh, okay. Rich says it, yeah. First time when I was on this week. Uh, Dad, I will see you next week out in Long Island. I look forward to it. Thanks for checking in. Thanks, guys. It's been, it's been great listening all week. I, I do listen to the show otherwise, but not quite as closely as when Ben is co-hosting. Understandable. So that's, uh, understandable, I hope. So. Jeffrey, you're immense. Thank Be you. well. Yeah, Tell man. Mom I love her. Pleasure love you talking guys. to you. I'll see you next week. Uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Stays up in the middle of the night going over lineups. Old lineups. Head. Six o- times, six times with the Bulls. Yeah, six. You, you. Uh, yeah, Josh Norman did it once, and they make a thing of it. The big I mean, guy did it six, oh, six times. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Love that was that amazing, guy. man. Love my dad. So wow. good. Very lucky to be his son. All right, we got one more segment left. I'm going to get emotional. Spend lines in for Rich. Oh. This is the Rich Eisen show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Today I was coming to the studio and I figured, you know, it's Tuesday. So I went to break out my Jordan 2s and I looked down and uh, the sole fell off of my high top Jordan 2s, dog. So I'm wondering, is there any help that you can give me? Like, can I, back in the day I worked. shoes? Yeah, how do you preserve you your shoes? Yeah, how do you do it, cute? So they say you should keep it in like a oak room or something like that. But for me, I just, I just use the old, like the wine where you would put the wine cellar at. Unfortunately, I ain't got an oak room nor a wine cellar. It could be, it could be like an oak room, but it's got to have that, that, 
a type of uh, coolant or air conditioning to it. You pointed out the Michael Thomas tweet the Michael other day. Thomas yesterday. Jeez. Very cryptic tweet from Michael Thomas. Umani Jones, one of the great voices in all sports media. What are your thoughts on Michael Thomas? All I'm saying about all these people is you <laughs> tell me if I'm tripping. Like, you let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> How many people that you see that always post all these words on Instagram? How many of them do you ever ask for advice? Like any of the people that I would ask them what they thought, they don't just give the stuff away. They just don't. The festivities out in Canton, Ohio. Is there anybody that you see in particular that just warms your heart or gets you starstruck or brings a smile to your face? When you're a Hall of Famer and you walk around there, every person that lives in that town, they embrace you with this, welcome home, welcome home. And that's such a good feeling. Most of us in life, we just want to be remembered. But when you realize that there's a museum with my likeness, my family's family, family, they're going to always be able to go and show their kids, give my great, great, I don't know how many greats you want to go back. I'm there. I saw you got a bone to pick with this show. What's the beef? I was disappointed to hear and read that you guys thought that I wouldn't survive Survivor. Oh. That I'd be voted off the island. I don't know if on the island of NFL reporters who have to live off the land to survive. I don't know if that's your natural environment. They don't have $200 flaming desserts that come on fire on Instagram. <laughs> I am not that <laughs> I mean, I survived last year here in Dallas, and I didn't know if the Cowboys were going to let me come back after all the problems I talked about defense. So if I can survive Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, I think I can survive being on an island. How would you rate Rich and Dan Patrick? on Survivor. Rich would have a better shot than Dan, but when they were both in their prime, I believe Dan has a better shot than Rich. When Rich was young and coming up, there was an excitement to him that was infectious, but I think also that that excitement could have been annoying, especially if you haven't eaten in 15 days. <laughs> you got like a real go-getter, overexcited in life kind of guy. You're like, bro, you gotta take that elsewhere. Right. I haven't had a shower in three weeks, dude. I am not Welcome back, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. Rich will be back on the Rich Eisen Show on Monday. This has been an incredible few weeks. I feel really honored, lucky, privileged, grateful, all these things to be here. I love that I got a courtside seat to TJ Jefferson calling my father Mr. Jeff. <laughs> Mr. Jeff. What was Mr. That? Jeff? Did it's you just, like blank? I don't know. No. I mean, what's his, his name's great. Jeffrey, right? His name's Jeffrey. That's but a, according that's to a TJ, thing. it's Mr. Jeff. They that's, already have a shorthand. But that's been the great thing about this show. That's how I was show. raised, guys. You, you, you show respect <laughs> to your elders. Yes. Yes. Is that I, I came in right away and was like, oh, I don't know these guys from a hole in the wall. I follow them all on social media, but they don't know me. And now... Mr. Jeff to my dad. You guys got a short head. It's great. That, like I said, that was, was when, I, when I grew up, my grandfather's friends were come over and they were Mr. Charlie and Mr. Shaky. And that's just how I, that's how I, not you the know, last name. To. I like the Mr. Michael, Mr. Mr. Chris, Mr. 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 TJ. Like that's nice. Like that's good. <laughs> uh, I know I've, I, I've shown my dad a lot of love this week. He's the reason why I love sports. I mentioned my mom, of course, being so supportive over the years. My wife, Mariah, married a Knicks fan. She knowingly did this, you guys. She knowingly signed up for life with a Knicks fan. That photograph that they're showing on Peacock right now is taken a few years back when they lost a very forgettable game on a Sunday night to the Portland Trailblazers. And she looked over. She goes, if they were good, this place would be really popping. I'm like, yes, that's the idea. You get it. You get it. And guys, you know, another thing we've talked about 
on this show is how Snoop Dogg makes sense in every single room, yes. right? Every room. So in talking about my wife, Snoop Dogg makes sense when talking about my wife because Snoop was there at the beginning of our love. Snoop was there for my second date with my wife. Oh, how so, man? You know this? Uh-oh. You guys didn't know this about me? No. My second date with my wife. My wife. Was when wife, I played in the uh, BET celebrity basketball game. Okay. <laughs> okay. And oh, Snoop Dogg was my teammate in the BET celebrity basketball game. I was given the nickname The Pizza Man by Baron Davis after I scored because I look like the guy who might bring you a pizza. <laughs> and Snoop was there. He was part of our relationship. Well, I think we've got one photo, Mike, with Mariah and the D-O-double-G. I think we do. Uh, Maybe we do. You Maybe do kind of look like the little Nero's driver from Home Alone. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little you know, it's a street ball environment. Yeah, all works. these cool nicknames being <laughs> thrown out for everybody. Nero's I'm guarding driver. the game, you know? Oh, shout out the game. I'm guarding the game. We've got Bieber's oh, in the game. Yeah. Chris Brown, everybody, and uh, the pizza man. Is that a gold medal? Did you win? We did win. It's a Sprite medal. Sprite sponsored the (laughs) BET Celebrity Game. We had Sean Merriman, J.B. Smoove, correspondent for the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah. Power forward. And uh, my wife was like, all right, I'm uh, going to date this guy. And uh, that was our second date. You and brought her to this game it? for I your did. second date? Yes, I oh. did bring her to the hey, game. Hey, we just started dating. I, date one was kind of fun. Oh, like we date had, one we had a was good the Foxcatcher premiere at the Cannes Film Festival. So date two's oh got to oh, be the BET like, Celebrity I like your thinking. Hold you on see? a second, Mike. They met there, and so the first date was that depressing movie? Well, I told you, the first date was really this uh, Tommy Lee Jones movie he directed, but it was so depressing that we pretend like we never saw it. It was like this <laughs> Hilary Swank wait, movie. Wait, so the Foxcatcher was like yes. up, more uplifting? That was the more uplifting oh of the two <laughs> movies, which tells you everything you need to know <laughs> about happening? the Hilary Swank Western. <laughs> My God. When a baby is born and thrown in the trash in the first five minutes. Whoa, You're like, you know geez. what? This is not a movie we're going to honor as the beginning of our and love. So if day two, Let's you're like, hey, we had a fun time at the Foxcatcher screening in Ken. Want to come with me to this Sprite basketball game I'm playing in? Again, this is why I needed to take a moment on the show to end the show to show my gratitude to my wife, Mariah. Without her, I would not be here. So I appreciate all of her love and support. She helped me believe the Dodgers might actually win a World <laughs> Series. She said, Ben, we need to go out to the Dodgers stadium. We need to meditate in the outfield. And you know what's funny? They still haven't. They did yeah. win a World Series. Last year, I saw it on television. <laughs> That's right. It happened. Asterisk. Oh, oh. Shout out to Mariah. Hey, Ben, love great job, man. Ben, we awesome. love guys, having you, bro. This has been fun, man. I don't know what I was doing out here. It was amazing. Like Make I said, getting to know you, didn't know you from Adam a couple nope. weeks ago, and now consider you a friend, and I hopefully a friend Thanks, for life. Guys. And like I said on Instagram, Ben, you're, you're, it's not goodbye. It's see you later see because you later. like the NWO, this is for life. Yeah. Man. So you're in there. Appreciate you guys so much. You have Too no sweet. idea what this has meant to me. I appreciate all of you listening. And if you want to be a part of the show, just call up 844-204-RICH. Ask for Adam. <laughs> ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace.